struggled in the red zone. Hefo. Touchdown. Aleve Hefo. Jet sweep on the goal line. They weren't expecting that. That caught the edge players inside. And then a tremendous block by Pututau, number 17 on the edge there, giving Hefo a huge hole inside. Here's that option they've run very well. Tremendous play, and they got the linebacker pushed right out of there and a huge hole for Hall. Really impressive win by BYU, 42-14 to over Utah State. We're live here in Logan at Merlin Olsen Field, and I'm telling you, it was impressive all the way around. BYU doing things defensively to keep Utah State in front of them. Obviously, BYU rushing three most of the night and keeping eight back, really trying to keep all the action in front of them and trying to limit Jordan Love's ability to get into the end zone. It worked, by and large, it really worked. Jordan Love was 29 of 49 for 394 yards. Still had nearly 400 yards of passing through the air, but only one touchdown. Ended up with three interceptions when things got really close down into the end zone. It got much more difficult for them. But BYU getting the win 42-14. to We're going to be throwing over to some Utah State uh, interviews, and then we'll get to Gary Anderson, and then we'll have Kalani Sataki and much more as we get you caught up on the Cougar postgame show here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Again, we'll be handing things over to the players' interviews. In fact, Jake, why don't we throw over to Scott Gerard and the Utah State Aggies players' interviews. Joining us now, uh, Aggie cornerback Cam Lampkin, kind enough to join us. Cam, how are you holding up, man? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think there's probably a lot of Aggie fans a little disappointed after a game tonight, uh, 42 to 14. You did get your uh, your first interception. I know you're all about the team, but that had to be nice to get that first pick on your on your career. So. Uh, Cam, I, I'm curious. Uh, you know, when you guys got it to 21 to 14 at the half, and you came out in, in in the second half, what sort of adjustments did you talk about in the locker room? And then, you know, when BYU was able to go down the field and score on their first two possessions, what was the de- demeanor like on the sideline for you guys? Um, my coach just told me to be ready. Um, I mean, all practice, I've been, you know, running with the ones and the twos, and he just gave me my he just gave me my opportunity, and I made the best of it. Let's talk about uh, what BYU was able to do offensively to get up and down the field. What, what, what? Where were they able to have some success against you guys tonight? Um, maybe probably on the ground. Um, really, they weren't attacking us through the air like that. Um, just barely they were, but mainly on the ground though. So, uh, what uh, what was talked about in the locker room after the game in terms of, you know, how do you guys bounce back from the last two weeks? So they've been so tough for you guys. Um, we just gonna, we just gonna work hard. That's, that's all I can say. I can't say nothing else about it. Um, obviously, big games coming up next week against Fresno State. You guys have to have a short memory about this, correct? Yes, sir. Do you feel like you've got good leadership in that locker room? Do you feel like you guys can get this thing turned around? Oh, yeah, we can, for sure. we got great leaders. Um, all our seniors are good leaders to me, and uh, I feel like I feel like that next week is going to be a different story. What do you What do you guys need to do to get this thing turned around? Um, just, you know, everyone just know their assignments. Just, um, you know, just just know what they need to do all game. And that's really it. 
So as a freshman, Cam, uh, you know, obviously you've got some of those senior leaders out that are out there, but as a freshman, what can you do individually to, to say, hey, guys, we cannot hang our heads. we got to keep playing hard out here. What what can you do individually to help the, the cause? Um, just just be a spark plug. You know, if, you know, no one's else doing something, you know, I mean, anyone can make a play. So I come in, I'll make a play, then I'll, I'll, I'll juice everyone else up, you know, and you know everyone does just they just they just play off me so did BYU throw anything at you guys that you weren't expecting offensively um no i i, I knew they were going to run every play they ran we we seen all the plays so it just kind of came down to an execution thing yeah basically well hey McCam, we appreciate your time thanks for joining us and uh, good luck next week against Fresno yes sir appreciate it cam lampkin uh he's playing wide receiver back in camp now he's uh helping anchor that defensive backfield at uh, at corner. And, again, uh, I know that uh, this Jordan game's Nathan's about ready. the team, but uh, coming with his first interception tonight. His first career pick. i got to imagine first of probably a few before it's all said and, and done. And, you know, he got, his, he got tossed into his first action at Wake Forest in week one and uh, has continued to work out there and earn some time. Jordan Nathan, seven catches, 133 yards in this game, uh, joins us now. Uh, Jordan, uh, what's uh, what's the mood in this locker room, and what do you guys need to do to get this thing turned around? You know, obviously the mood is not too good. You know, we uh, second loss in a row, and we, you know we don't we don't take that too lightly, especially against an opponent like this because you know they're our rival, and it, <clears throat> playing this team, playing a team like BYU, means a whole lot to this team, this university. Um, so, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Keep going, Jordan. I just feel like you know we need we need to offensive wise we need to work on um, not having momentum kill like drive killers so we need to stop with limited turnovers obviously we need to stop the MAs drop drop stop the drop balls and etc. So they they had the three man rush and they drop eight and they got tried to get the the linebackers back into the zones and, and they were able to get a couple of interceptions. Did, what adjustments? It looked like a couple of times in that second half you had more of it like a, a seam route that a stop route with down the seam. What were some of the adjustments that you guys were trying to make to to get in between those linebackers? You know some of the uh, adjustments that Coach Sanford made was you see that hole in the zone, hit it fast. Don't wait for it, don't anticipate because that's how. You know, bad things happen if you anticipation. Just go ahead and you see that hole. Just Jordan is, uh, was taking shots, and it just worked out perfect for us. Overall, though, when you look at uh, what your team was trying to get accomplished offensively, you're able to move the ball up and down the field. You got you know into the red zone several times, just unable to get what come away with touchdowns in the second half. What do you guys need to do to to get touchdowns inside that red zone? Like I said, we need to. Stop having momentum killers. You know, we make big plays down the field like that, and we get into the to the red zone. We need to be we 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 need to be able to push it in there. We can't have penalties. We can't have mas, misassignments, um, drop balls, and just turnovers because that's obviously going to kill us. Turnovers. We had three turnovers today that led for them to get 21 points, and that's 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 huge. So that's huge for BYU. So if we eliminate all that, you know, we'll come back uh, Monday and work on everything. We'll be we'll be fine. So I, I'm curious about the mindset there, Jordan, because, uh, you know, after the last two weeks, is, is this a team that you believe can turn it around? I, I 100% believe we can turn it around. You know, just it's a, we need to all just need to collaborate. We need to all be – we just need to have chemistry, you know, from receiver to, to, to Jordan to the running back to the offensive line. We all need to have some type of bond so we can get this thing finally rolling because we haven't nearly reached our potential at, uh, on the offensive side. Jordan handle their business. So, Jordan, appreciate your time, man. Uh, thanks for joining us, and good luck next week. Thank you so much.
All right, we're going to get to uh, Coach Anderson here in just a moment. Aggies lose this game. Final score, 42-14. to 14. Uh, Utah State with 521 yards of total offense, uh, 639 for BYU in this game as uh, as the Aggies uh, fall to 4-4 four and four on the season. Coach Anderson, kind enough to join us after, uh, after a loss tonight. And, Coach, you know, after that touchdown at the end of the second quarter, kind of felt like momentum was heading in your direction, uh, but it got away from you in the third quarter, especially with that first drive. What happened defensively to allow BYU to kind of get in that uh, get in that uh, in that rhythm? Well, it was tackling. Um, you know, the, the the two keys to the game that jump out at me right out of the gate is turnovers and tackling. Yeah. Um, if we do those two things, we have an opportunity to, you know. Uh, be in the game but because we can't do those two things um you know we're, we're not in the game and i thought that uh there's some huge huge plays made by them in critical situations on third down the screens um numerous you know opportunities to get out of those third downs and, and we could not do it on on the uh, defensive side of the football which was you know really disheartening because we've been at times this year uh pretty good at that so i have to take a long hard look at the situation and uh continue to evaluate it and uh, but those those two things were the key to not being able to stay in the game uh, was tackling and turnovers. Coach, we talked a little bit about it uh, during the week that uh, there have been so many snaps on defense. Do you get a sense that there's maybe a little bit of a wear down factor on that defense? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think we had. You know, they they seem to practice well. Their eyes were right. They're excited for this football game. And you know, as you go through the year, um, you know, the, we we have a a great challenge in front of us right now so you, you can't be worn down um and you're sitting here right now with uh, four games left and you know we've played uh the last two games and we've got what pretty good and now how we bounce back is the key so there's really no time to be tired if you are tired then we got to figure out to uh, uh, get somebody else in there for you if you're too tired to play right now so but i don't sense that at all from these kids these kids will battle back they'll fight back and I got the back, man. They're my guys. I'm fired up to get these next four games, and it's been a very, very tough 14 days here for all of us. And um, they know them, that I'm gonna fight for them, and they're gonna fight for Aggie Nation. I guarantee you that. And we're gonna work hard to bounce back here and see what we can get done these last four weeks. And you know, we beat some good teams, um, and we've lost to some good teams. And you know, it's like I told them when you're sitting in that situation right now where we're at with the, the amount of kids that are in this program that are new and old. It's time for them to bond together and fight like crazy. And uh, you know. I think they can do some special things if they keep battling. I guess this is where you learn a lot about who these guys are. Oh uh, yeah, everybody. You know, yeah, everybody. Everybody associated with the program from A to Z. We learn where we are. And aside, you know, I talk to them. It's, it's, a, it's a setting when you've done this for as long as I've done it. It's, uh, you know, you, you get in these spots and there's some there's some great moments. There's some tough moments. There's some uh, awkward moments and everything in between. You know, and there's times when you're a great team and I've been around those teams and I've been around the teams that are, are, are not very good teams. And the whole key to the whole thing is just you keep fighting and you keep battling for what that year is. And that uh, that's what we have an opportunity to do right now is this team has done some good things. Uh, and uh, it's important for them right now to, to look at each other and fight like crazy for themselves and fight like crazy for their school for for where they're going and you know every year is a different year every setting is a different setting and you can't look back and say it's an injury here or we can't get it done because we're young here or because we're there you, you just you, the deficiencies are the deficiencies and they're not going to be hidden at this point and so we have to go fight like crazy and battle um and put a uh, our kids in a position as coaches the best we can to be able to 
compete and win, and I think that you'll get that. But, uh, you know, it's it, when it's bad, it's all me. So you can put it all on me, every single ounce of it. Please put it all right on me and, uh, you know, let our kids continue to fight and work to get better because they'll, they'll be prideful and keep fighting. Hey, Coach, uh, you know, maybe one of those deficiencies, we couldn't help but notice that uh, David Woodward was not out there tonight. Maybe you could talk about what the situation is there and how big was his loss here tonight, especially as you talk about the tackling. You know, the second leading tackler in the country, I believe, last week. He's been one or two basically all year long. Um, and uh, you, I don't know if I can really, you know, one player does not make a football team, obviously. Um, uh, but David, is as impactful as he's been to the defense here, is uh, pretty amazing. And he's a special, special kid. And unfortunately, he's done for the season. So um, we have to keep fighting. We've got two young freshmen in there that uh, were in there tonight. And they're going to have to learn from this tape. And um, they will learn. They'll, they'll work hard to get back in it. And, you know, David will be there to, to help him in the meetings, too, and uh, work through it as we go on. But uh, like I said, David will not be with us for uh, the rest of this season for sure. Um, there, I think that uh, the one thing that's, that's been concerning is, is, is your defensive line uh, giving up big yards on the ground, dominated a bit on the line of scrimmage. You give up 221 yards rushing. Yep. Is it, what, what can be done to ramp that up? Is there something that can be done? to? Is it, is it assignments? Is it execution? What can be done to kind of ramp up that level of, uh, of aggressiveness at the line? Yeah, I don't. I don't really think it's just the defensive line. I think in the last, uh, you know, again, Air Force is a is a different animal. Yeah. Um, and so there's really two different discussions when you're talking about BYU tonight and Air Force a week ago. But now we're talking about BYU tonight. Um, you know, it's. Uh, the whole front seven works in there and you know the way we work and sometimes there's a middle close safety in there and you're plus one in the box plus seven and that fits important and um you know so it's safeties it's the d-line it's the linebackers they all have to be tied in together and you know, we sit back and um you know we're, we're going to be gap sound um on the board when we take it and then there's guys that block us and we've got to do a better job of teaching the kids to get off those blocks and be able to you know make some plays in those settings and uh you know, it's, just, it's overall. It's uh, again, and I look at it, and I'm not. I'm not one to point fingers, and I never will be. So I'll, I'll go down swinging hard on that one. I'm not going to sit back and say the kids are this or the kids are got to do this, got to do that. It's, you know, um, I got to help them, and I got to help the coaches, help the kids, and uh, it's all the fits on the run, it's the tackling, it's all the things that come with that as we go through it that we need to continue to work on to to get better. And you know, we've got to get some. You know, we've got two young linebackers that are in that moment, and they're going to be excited to continue to grow and develop and we have to help those kids get better. Coach, 521 yards of total offense tonight. So, the, uh, you know, obviously better yardage output, but only 14 points. What, what was your thought on uh, how well the, the offense performed here tonight? Well, there were definitely some spots with the offense that was awesome to see, right? They got going, they were moving around and, you know, getting some yards and, and doing some good things. But the, the end result is 14 points. And uh, it doesn't matter if you have 5,000 yards, you got 14 points. So we've got to find a way to be able to score points. But there's some bright spots out there. So to me, um, you know, it's obvious it's a uh, it's, uh, it's a tough night. Um, saw some bright spots there, and we're going to need that. You know, if this, this team is going to have to – grind and pull together and more of that offense is going to have to show and defense is going to have to get back to how they were when they put us in a position to get those conference wins that we got early on against some really good teams and you know kind of carry us together and play offense defense and special teams together so we obviously have not done that for the last two weeks and uh you know again 
BYU played very well tonight. It's a good football team. So yep. um, the BYU is a, a good football team, and I think they've proven that they've, you know, beat some really good teams, and um, they'll probably continue to do that as they as they go down. And yeah, I guess I would add another real problem for us tonight was tackling the quarterback. Right, I would, that would be another thing on defense. Now that I sit back and take a little bit of a deep breath initially was uh you know the qb scrambles were very difficult for us especially in the first half when it was uh the the hall kid that was in there now for for aggie nation and aggie fans uh, that are maybe wandering out of here saying what's wrong with us you're still three and one in conference and you still got the opportunity to to get some conference victories here and, and even maybe a little bit more so the goals are still out there is that, is that something you reminded your kids of in the locker room Oh yeah, exactly. We did. We reminded them of that. But we also reminded them of, you know, it's it's uh, we're, we've got a one month journey right now, and that's we're going to be together. And to have an opportunity to get to a bowl game, you got to win two. If you win them all, and uh, Air Force stubs their toe, then you're conference champions. And the, you know those things things so far away. And and I understand. Trust me, the frustration and uh, all the things that are out there. I, I get all those things. Um, but you know we are where we are right now. We have to continue to fight and battle to make it uh, as good as we can. But I did let those kids understand exactly what you said. There's still a lot out in front of them. And the key now is is not to point the finger. Uh, the key now is not to you know. Uh, uh, what was me or what was us or whatever it may be and you know all the frustrations that that, that they have um and everybody has when you go through these these situations that we're in right now but again it's like i it's the big thing is that anything that's bad i'm good put it on me we'll keep battling our tails off and i want those kids to be able to take a big deep breath this weekend come back take responsibility for the performance absolutely evaluate the performance and let's get back in here and fight our tails off for a month and understand who we are and uh, see what we can be able to get done because i mean i I love these kids um and i'm excited to you know get them back in here monday morning at 7 a.m and and work with them but uh they they know they know what's out there and they know they have four more opportunities and we need to be passionate about uh where we're at and passionate where you're at right now is is not a real good feeling coach appreciate your time talk to you next week okay guys take care go aggies you got it gary and take care all right there you go that's gary anderson uh of course from from the stadium here in logan at merlin olsen field byu getting the win 42 to 14 over utah state taking the wagon wheel home you'll hear from Claudney sataki momentarily We'll get that sound to you so you can hear some of his thoughts. Obviously, a very emotional win for a coach that has not been extended, that needs that extension, that needed this win over his rival. So I'm sure Kalani Satake and his staff are elated as to uh, how things went tonight. And as I go back and look at some of the the, uh, highlights of this game, and I'm going over a few of them, There were some really big moments for BYU tonight, huge moments for BYU. Right at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, Utah State has possession. They're down three touchdowns, an opportunity to get back in this game down in in BYU's territory on the three, four-yard line, and they throw a touchdown to start the fourth quarter. A touchdown is called back with an ineligible offensive lineman downfield. They bring that back. They march him back a bit. And Utah State can't find the end zone. They go for it on fourth down. It goes incomplete. And BYU gets the ball back. They get stopped on a three and out. And still, Utah State has an opportunity to make something happen. They 
rush in for a punt block, and they end up roughing the punter. BYU gets the ball back, and they extend that drive and get out of that end zone and get out of the trouble. And, of course, they go on to another touchdown after that. BYU wins the fourth quarter for the first time in a while, 7 to nothing. And BYU needed to figure out their fourth quarter issues, and they did that tonight. And they did it in grand fashion. Utah State wasn't ready to give up at the end of that third quarter. They were still trying to get back in that, had an opportunity, and BYU's defense squeezed them out. It was extremely impressive to see BYU and their drop eight, rush three, continue to fluster this Utah State offense. It was also impressive to see Baylor Romney come in and take over in this game. I was looking at this. BYU's total yardage, 639 yards of total yardage, 418 through the air, 221 on the ground. Here's the big number. Utah State ends up with five turnovers on the night. BYU, three Way too many for Kalani Satake and this BYU team, but still a plus-two margin in turnovers. And then another big one, BYU, 35 minutes of possession to Utah State's 24 minutes. Utah State continues to struggle in time of possession, and BYU did a really good job of possessing the ball with Lopini Katoa, with uh, Sione Finau and with others coming out of that backfield. I'm just looking at Sione Finau leading rusher on the night, 15 carries for 72 yards. Jaron Hall had seven carries for 54 yards. Lapini Katoa, your second leading running back, at seven carries for 42 yards. And Olivia Hifo, three carries for 28 yards. You could see some of the influences tonight from Kalani Satake. You could see some of the influences tonight from Aaron Roderick. Things have looked dramatically different from the play calling ever since that South Florida game. You can definitely see the influences of these coaches, and you can see the influence of Kalani Satake. The other thing that's very apparent is these players are playing very hard for Kalani. They believe in him. They want to continue to win for him. And you saw it tonight, a lot of emotion on the sideline. I had an opportunity to be right next to the sideline, had an opportunity to watch this team react to Kalani, react to each other, and they had not given up on the season after Toledo and South Florida losses. They still had a lot to prove to themselves and a lot to prove for their head coach. Kalani Satake able to get them up and rolling and a couple of other big moments. You saw... Blake Freeland, the true freshman at left tackle, sorry, right tackle, doing his thing tonight. And he was great. He was going up multiple times. He went up against uh, last year's Mount West Conference sack leader in Tipa Naliai multiple times that he matched up against Tipa. Did a fantastic job of neutralizing him. And I would say the most dominant matchup for BYU was up front offensively with this BYU offensive line. They moved Utah State's defensive line around. They had their way in the run game. BYU was able to, to, to continue to establish runs, establish first downs, and establish their drives. BYU tonight was 6 of 11 on third downs. 6 of 11 on third downs, continued drives, and did a fantastic job closing it out against Utah State.
Again, BYU getting the win, 42-14. to 14. We'll open up the phone lines. Anybody out there that wants to have a conversation, 855-340-9663. If you want to jump on the zone phone, you want to have a little conversation about this game, that's 855-340-9663. We'll take some of those phone calls, and we'll get out to some Kalani Sataki sound. That's all coming up next, 97.5, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. It's a run for Hall. Dodging and scoring. Oh my goodness. Did you see him finish that run? He ran over Shelton. Quick throw. Uh, easy touchdown. Too easy. The brothers Romney score with a walk-in. Third down and goal. Katoa. That's a couple times BYU has thundered through a Utah State tackler for a score on the ground tonight. Multiple big moments tonight from BYU and a big win for BYU, beating Utah State 42-14. to And there were so many different factors to this. One of the big factors, I think, in this game was Utah State's turnovers. They continued to put the ball on the ground, continued to throw interceptions, BYU capitalizing on those turnovers and making it really difficult, getting some short fields, and then finding the end zone. The other thing that I wanted to make mention of was BYU's quarterbacks and the way they were playing tonight. Obviously, Jaron Hall starting the game and finishing out in the in the uh, second quarter. Baylor Romney came in, took over in the third quarter, finished out the game, and both did a fantastic job in their reads, in their completion percentages, in making good decisions from that quarterback position. Utah State without David Woodward, it left some gaping holes right there in the middle of the field where you saw... Lopini Katoa take advantage of it. You saw Gunnar Romney. Obviously, you saw Jaron Hall take advantage of it. Sione Finau, multiple times, gaping holes right there in the middle of that Utah State defense. And a fantastic job by James Impey at the center position to capitalize on that as well. So impressed with the way BYU's offensive line played tonight. Physical, on point following through on their jobs and really providing some big holes and some good protection for both these quarterbacks. But I really felt like both quarterbacks played a great game tonight. I am very worried about Jaron Hall and his future as a quarterback. Now, I want to preface this with this is pure speculation, speculation, but based off of what was passed around and what was being talked about, if Jaron Hall did in fact have a second concussion in four weeks, then there's a conversation that needs to be had with Jaron. That's a very difficult conversation, and I'm sure that that family is going through a lot right now. These concussions start to rack up, and you have to ask yourself some very difficult questions. So my fingers are crossed for Jaron. Great kid, heck of a quarterback. You go back and watch the first half. Watch the way he managed that offense. So many solid reads, so many good decisions. You see how fluid he is with his feet, how athletic he is out of the pocket. You can tell that he is a passer-first mentality. He made some good decisions to get down, not take big hits. I don't even know the hit that he took that put him out of this game. 
but obviously being re- reported by multiple outlets that Jaron Hall suffered another concussion. Again, that would be his second in just four weeks. Uh, up until the point he went out, I felt like Jaron was – and, and I, I know, you, you know you start to compare quarterbacks where Zach Wilson is coming back from this thumb issue and Baylor Romney did what he did tonight. But up until that point where Jaron went out, you felt like he was a, a, a fantastic conductor of the offense that I think Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes wanted to call. I do think that there's a, more of a collaboration – I, I see so many different Aaron Roderick influences. Now, I, now I could sit there and talk to him until I'm blue in the face, and I'm probably not going to get him to admit it. But I believe that Aaron Roderick has had a tremendous amount of influence over this offense over the last couple of weeks. I'm seeing it in different playing calls. I'm seeing it in different schemes, stuff that you saw with the University of Utah, you saw uh, certain gadgets, fly sweeps, pass backs, reverses, and you start to see some of that influence. I also wanted to say I think Fesse Satake really has these receivers up and running well. It, everything was clicking tonight for BYU. Everything looked fluid. Everything looked solid. Kalani Satake was greeted by the media after this big win. Here's Kalani talking about this BYU 42-14 to beating of the Utah State Aggies. Yeah, it was good. Uh, wrestle points on the field and could have caused more time on defense, but for the most part, all three phases were really happy. Talking about the way the two quarterbacks both for a corner. Got three. I'm just trying to kiss my breath. I'm old now. I don't have my dancing shape. But yeah, I probably got to play really well. Breakthrough is this for your for your offense? How big of a breakthrough is this for your offense? Well, we just, we gotta just keep building on it. Like we, we had a fumble in the red zone that I didn't like, you know. And, um, but I like the way our our dressing nature, like the way they're walking. Some new bodies out in there. It's gonna do a great job. An opportunistic defense gave up a lot of yards, but five turnovers really happened in that day. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we obviously will uh, play a little bit different. You, you, Um, 
changes you made on the defense? Specifically, did you make with this new defense? Well, there you go, Kalani Satake uh, coming out of that scrum. You could hear the wind kind of blowing in the back there, but. You can kind of get the gist of what Kalani was saying. Scotty G out of the booth, coming down to hang out with me. A little bit of post game, brought to you by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Get out to JCW's, the best burgers in the business. How you doing, Scotty? All I know is you're looking to do a little strutting right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's been a couple years. I'm not gonna lie. Look at you, ready to strut. It doesn't matter what happens in this game. You, the it's only, like, here's the here's the thing. This is what this is what what people need to know because there's a lot of people think that Hans is a homer of individual schools. This is what Hans is a homer of of not getting a phone call from Uncle Phil tomorrow. 
<laughs> that is what Hans is a, is, is a fan of. Man, I'm not going to lie. Uncle Phil has been strutting a little bit. <laughs> the Utah State Aggies have had BYU's number and put up 40-plus. And, and, you know, last year he pulled the whole silence is many more words than, oh, wow. than, than yeah. actually talking. and. I felt that worse than anything, and I'm just like, just just call and rub it in my face. Just get it over just with. Just give it over with because I, I know what you're thinking. But BYU needed this. Kalani Satake needed this. Um, Utah State, obviously, they needed to perform better than this. They didn't want it to be like this. Yeah, that was – you know, when they got the touchdown to take it 21-14 at halftime – uh, you kind of felt like, okay, it's going to be a game in the second half. But, boy, to start the third quarter and BYU put on that clinic of a drive and, frankly, a clinic of the third quarter. Switching out a quarterback. And switching too. out a quarterback. And he comes in. And But the problem is is they do it all on the ground, especially that first drive. Yeah. Uh, there was only one second down on that entire drive. So Katoa goes for three yards on that first play of the, of the second half. Yep. Every other play went for 10 yards or more. BYU was never in, never even touched second down the rest of the drive. March down, scored the touchdown, it's 28-14. And I'm up in the booth, and I look over at Kevin White, and I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it was, it was brutal. But what, what's crazy, Scotty, is Utah State had an opportunity to get back into it at the end of the third quarter by pushing down near now down near BYU's end zone. Yep. And BYU's defense just shows up stout. Utah State gets uh, an offensive lineman down the field call. BYU's defense holds for three straight downs. Yep. And Utah State can't get in and score. If they score there, it's a two touchdown game with 14 minutes and 30 seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't get in the end zone. And BYU's defense just it – w- it was impressive what they did tonight. Um, and, and did it with a three-man front, too, and got pass for, and got and got pressure with a three-man Pro- front. Probably rushed three-man – what would you say, 75, Easy. 80%? Easy, yeah. And dropped eight? It's kind of the same same philosophy they had against uh, against USC. Very similar. And, uh, and, and, and it was really interesting because, you know, I'd heard so many coaches talk about how – you know, why didn't USC do this? Why didn't they do this? And why are they throwing to the middle, short across the middle? And Jordan loves throwing short across the middle against that defense. And uh, two of those interceptions were just guys hanging back. Yeah, linebackers just floating back yeah. in the zone and, and reading it. And It's weird. Do they not see those backers floating back into zone? And frankly, both of those inter- – now, the third interception um, was just, you know, desperation, trying to make something happen. But those first two interceptions – if the it was uh, Katoa and was it Wilgar who got the second? I can't or not Katoa. Um, uh, now I'm spacing. I don't have my uh, I don't have my notes. F- Fanua. Yeah, yeah. Kavika Fanua, and then did Wilgar get one? I think he did. Yes. Okay. So those two, if those two don't get it, there's a guy behind him that looks like they're going to get it either. I mean, yeah. I mean, both of those interceptions look like either like BYU's got it bracketed perfectly. Yeah, so Wilgar had a one interception for a 17-yard return, um, and Kavika Fanua Yeah, so those are the first 16. two that are just guys just floating back and ready to uh, pick off a pass. And so, look, props to BYU. I think BYU came out with a tremendous game plan. And what really was surprising to me, and what I think is a really good indication if you're a BYU fan right now, is how well they dominated, dominated both lines of scrimmage. To be able to get pressure on a three-man front, 
and to be able to run the ball the way they did, especially in the second half, uh, is just is just incredible. And and it, it sucked the will out of Utah State. It was Scotty. How about the performance of BYU's offensive line? Yeah, Utah State zero sacks. Yep, and BYU had given up 20 coming into this game. Yeah, zero sacks. And, and I would say very few actual pass rush pressures, which is disappointing. You know, when you're talking about an opportunity to face up against a true freshman, and you saw that they rotated Tipanaliai yeah. over the top of Blake Freeland a couple of times. Blake just did a great job. Yeah. It just solid sets. And I, I think that both the quarterbacks, Baylor and, Baylor and, and Jaron, they were getting the ball out well. But it was really impressive to see this offensive line keep Justice Tay at bay, keep Tipanali at bay. They, they just couldn't get the pressure. And these quarterbacks were making them pay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if you've talked about this or yeah, Gary Anderson just confirmed on our postgame show uh, that David Woodward's out for the season. And so David Woodward, who did not go in this game, missed about the fourth quarter, missed most of the fourth quarter against Air Force. Okay, doesn't change the game. Utah State still loses this game. Uh, but that dude is a force. And you look at the missed tackles. They had to replace him with a couple of freshmen. Um, and those guys made a lot of mistakes out there. Yeah, they did. And, and BYU capitalized on it. Yeah. They did. They, they were shutting down walls. And I'll go back and do some film review on it. But it looked like BYU was able to get to the second line and 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 wall just give some good walls and yep. set up some good lanes for Katoa and Vino. And even when BYU was in or Utah State was in good position, they were missing tackles. I mean, just so many missed tackles. A, a lot of missed tackles in the open fields too, out in the flats. BYU they were making uh, Ali the Hifo yeah. a few times made three, four yep. guys miss, and and I thought the BYU did a pretty good job tonight of sure tackling. Yeah, I did too. I, I did too. I, I didn't feel like there were a lot of missed tackles. BYU ended up with two sacks on the night. Those two sacks, one coming from Austin Kafensis and the other one coming from uh, Mahe in the middle. Yeah. I will tell you, the one drive that Utah State was able to connect on, they – caught Mahe, number 62, in the middle. They caught a, a defensive personnel group without Kairos Tonga, and you saw they marched right down to the north end zone, and that's the touchdown that they were able to get on the ground. There was like two or three runs by Gerald Bright, and they found the end zone. They did a good job. That was one of the few times I felt like their hurry-up offense actually had some reason behind yeah. it. yeah. Other than that, I feel like you're hurrying just to hurry. Uh, yeah, and uh, like if you can fi- if you can catch a defensive personnel group, get them tired because he yeah. was tired. You go back, and I'll, I'll go show you this one. You go back. He was on the ground two or three times in about four or five play period because yeah. he was just tired, and he was going down, and Bright was just cutting right off the backside of that center, and and getting yardage. Like, okay, I get that. So you fatigued them. You caught the personnel group. BYU probably should have used that timeout to try to either get number 62 upright and get a little oxygen or rotate Kyrus in. But they didn't use that final timeout before the half, and that's when Utah State scored yeah. and, and really started to make this game interesting. And that's, yeah, and that's, that's when you really felt like this could be a game. Yeah. But, boy, I tell you what, when you go three and out, run and pace – it's almost as bad as a turnover. 
especially when BYU is going on 99-yard drives, 87-yard drives, and then you go three and out, uh, I mean, it just it just saps the will out of your defense. So, so um, hey, hey, by the way, let's just be honest here and just real talk. This is not the offense Gary Anderson wants to run. This is not a Gary Anderson offense. No. And I mean, I think it, we, it's not conducive and, with and, his and, defense. And this is just this is just me speculating here. Yeah, Gary Anderson does not. I can't imagine Gary. This is a Gary Anderson as as a defensive coordinator, as somebody who who uh, has been around football for a long time. Uh, this is not a offense that is probably conducive to what he would like to see. I think he realized that this is what Jordan Love ran and Jordan Love is really comfortable with and Jordan Love and this offense had tons of success with last year. Um, and so you come in, you're like, okay, let's adjust to what we do to try to make them these players feel more comfortable. Um, but right now they don't have the horses to run that offense. They don't have Tarver and Aaron Vaughns and Jalen Green and Dax Raymond and, and four out of five offensive linemen that knew this offense inside and out. And so I think, look, this is who you are right now, but I don't think that's going to be who they are this time next year. Is that going to be who they are against Fresno? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you just can't change what you're doing. I mean, this is – I mean, I don't know, but can you? No. I mean I, – I think you can to a certain extent. I think some of the tempo could just be slowed down. Yeah. It, it feels like at times they just hurry to act like they're fast and hurrying. And I, I don't think you need that with a good decision maker, a good quarterback, a good arm. I, th- I think that you can have that same level of success and, and increase success by allowing a quarterback to have a little bit more vision. I know what you're trying to do, the fatigue and catching them in personnel groups and, and trying to force them into mistakes, but sometimes I just feel like line the talent up, give them the play, let them understand what the defense is doing, and then run the play. So I think you can slow it down, and I think you can change a few things, Scotty. But you can't make some of the dramatic changes that I think that Gary Anderson is going to want. I mean, to put up 530 yards of total offense and have 14 points. That's unbelievable. That's, well, that just doesn't happen. And you're nearly at your yearly average. You're, you're just at 24 minutes and 12 seconds yeah. in time of possession. Which, again, we talked about this. That's 130th out of 130 teams in the country. Yep. And BYU was able to possess for over 35 minutes tonight. And that's, I mean, it's a lot better than what it was last week against Air Force. But, I mean, I think this defense is wearing down, honestly. And I talked, I asked Gary about this, but, but uh, you know, I think Utah State's defense is wearing down. And BYU's offense, as the game went on, got stronger and stronger yeah, and stronger. And those five-yard gains became 12-yard gains between 14-yard gains. And, I mean, frankly, had, had Kalani not, not – because uh, I think that – I think Kalani realized that Matt really pulled the dogs off last year in Provo, and I think with his relationship, because BYU could have put sixty on the board tonight. Felt that way. Yeah, they had a couple of different turnovers that were down close by the goal line that they didn't that they didn't yeah. really lay the hammer down on. All right, you're listening to the Cougar Post Game Show live here from the stadium in Logan. Brought to you by JCW's. Big thanks to the Burger Boys. They do a fantastic job with their burgers, their chili fries, their chili cheese fries, their dipping sauces, their buffalo wings, and so much more. Love JCW's and appreciate all they do for us. More Cougar Post Game Show coming up next. That's it. Intercepted. Kavika Fanua right into his waiting arms. 
never saw him. And this is a little bit of what happened to Jordan Love against LSU. He didn't see an underneath linebacker. Fanua was sitting there in the middle, and Jordan Love never spotted him. Love with time. It is intercepted. His second pick, Peyton Wilgar, the freshman. His third of the year. Once is a mistake, twice is a trend, three times is a problem. Pressure from the corner, and they screen it. Katoa with Bushman up in front trying to avoid a block in the back. Katoa a stiff arm. Katoa inside the five. Welcome back to your Cougar Post Game Show, 97.5, into the zone. BYU getting a win, 42-14 to over Utah State, doing it in grand fashion. Some big turnovers, five turnovers for Utah State, BYU forcing five different turnovers, three through the air, two on the ground, th- four of them coming from Jordan Love. Yeah, yep. Um, and uh, so that will be seven out of the last eight games. The team that won the turnover battle won the game, and the eighth time was a push. So so if you win the turnover you battle, won the turnover battle in the battle for the wagon wheel, you're winning that game. You're going to win that game. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Scotty, the other thing that BYU did well, they got off the fourth quarter snide. Yeah, I know. No more of that. I know that uh, you had talked about it in the, during the game. We had talked about it throughout the week of preparation. I talked about it in the pregame show. BYU in the fourth quarter has had multiple issues, and they beat Utah State in the fourth quarter 7 to nothing. They actually, in this game, with uh, an interception that was brought all the way back to the eight-yard line, nearly scored on that interception. And, you know, and and the one thing I do like is that, you know, if you're going to throw the interception, you better go back and make the tackle. And Jordan Love did track him down and and, uh, and got the tackle on the play to save the touchdown. But Jordan Love, the struggles continue on. That was a really bad interception. All three of them were really – not not good. I mean, there's some that get tipped at the line that aren't necessarily your fault. These are three bad picks, and and uh, he is now what? It, I think nine touchdowns on the season and twelve interceptions. Is that where he's at? Yeah. Well, congratulations to Kalani Tatake and Elisa Tuiaki for putting together a defensive plan that would confuse Jordan. I, I thought that this would be a game that Jordan might find some healing power, might find a, a little bit of a break. I, I thought that this might be an opportunity for him to figure some things out offensively and, and get things going. And BYU's defense had none of it. Yeah. None of it. It was it was impressive. And what's crazy to me was multiple times, lanes closed down. I'm, I'm talking passing lanes closed down. He tucks it to go run, and there's nowhere to go. Yep, yep. And he had a corner or a linebacker right in on him, and it was it was difficult. It was just a really long hard, tiring night for Jordan. I mean, he gets his yards, and Utah State goes for over 500 yards. But again, BYU, and this is something Utah State struggled with, but props to BYU. Uh, When they get inside the 20-yard line, Utah State's coming away. I think they had two or three empty possessions inside the red zone again tonight. Um, And only scoring one touchdown in the red zone. The other one was a longer touchdown pass. But, like, they gave Utah State yards. Utah State was able to move up up and down the field a little bit. But the end of the – more often than not, those drives were ending with no points or turnovers. Mm -hmm. Dominant night tonight for the BYU Cougars across the board. Starting with their offensive line, I would go secondly to the two quarterbacks that played the night. 
third, I'd go to the running backs. Receivers and tight ends held it down as well. Everybody had a very solid night across the board offensively. Defensively, again, a fantastic night for BYU's defense coming off that Boise State win. Bracken Elbakri, a guy that I called for in the pregame, led this team in tackles. Jay Catch and I went back and forth in the pregame, and there were two guys, Scotty, that I called for that needed to show up tonight. Yeah. One of them was Bracken Elbakri, and he did that with six tackles. He was constantly in lanes doing big things. We talked about the linebackers needed to step up. Max Tooley had a really nice night, six tackles. Chaz Ayu had a nice night, five tackles. Peyton Wilgar, you mentioned the interception that he had. He also had a TFL and five tackles. Kavika Fonua, five tackles and a TFL. Uh, Austin Kofensis, four tackles and a sack along with a TFL. So you see that your linebackers, they rose to the occasion, and they played some great football tonight. They made it really difficult. Yeah. You know, whether it, whether it was Jordan Love taken out off out of the pocket or it was Gerald Bright or otherwise, their linebackers did a really good job of dropping into those zones, watching for the run keys, and coming up, converging, and shutting down any lanes that might be open because of the eight-man drop. Yeah. So really great job by this BYU defense to fill in these gaps and to shut down some of these run lanes. Uh, give me some final thoughts on this one, Scotty. Uh, I think for BYU now at 4-4 four and four on the season and after a 2-4 and four start to come back and win your next two and to get to 4-4, four and four, uh, this is a BYU team that not only be bowl eligible, but I think frankly looking at the rest of their schedule, I think only San Diego State is one that is a question mark. Other than that, you'll beat Liberty, you'll beat UMass, you'll beat Idaho State. That gets you to seven, and now you're looking at, um, and now you're looking at San Diego State as the only team that could reasonably keep you to eight, keep you away from eight. And this team was two and four with Utah State and Boise State staring, staring them right, staring them right. Man. And to be four and four after that stretch, after losing to South Florida and losing to Toledo, wow. Um, you know what? I, I think uh, Tom Holmo is going to have to fire up the printer and print out a contract. Well, it, it, with with any unforeseen issues with Liberty or Idaho State, you know, I mean. UMass is one of the worst teams in the country. Liberty put 60 on UMass earlier today. Did they really? Yeah. I, I look at this and I'm just like, why, how do you have these Southern Florida and Toledo blemishes? Yeah. How? Kalani takes things over after that South Florida game, and you see – all the wheels start turning. That was a very difficult Boise State team and a very difficult Boise State game. Even though San Jose State, last I looked, it was forty-two to forty. Yeah, against San Jose State. I don't know how that game ended uh, up. Uh, I think it was uh, final was fifty-four forty-two. Boise got the win. Boise got the win. But uh, San Jose, I love the San Jose State story. By the way, I love that coaching staff down there. I'm so happy for those guys. I mean, they're four and five, but they got a chance to get bowl eligible. And you know, and the other part too. And I know this is a Cougar post game, but Utah State has got to like now. And I told you this last week too that bowl eligibility now is a question mark here. Yeah. It's not about eight or nine wins. That that's the conversation we had two or three weeks ago. It's about getting to six. And they've got the game of the year coming up next week against Fresno. If they want to go to a bowl, they have to go to Fresno and win. Fresno, then they've got Wyoming at home. Wyoming's great this year. They're already bowl eligible. Boise State at home. Yep. And then they finish with New Mexico. New Mexico will be a W. But other than that, 
There's no gimmies on the rest of this this uh, road trip. Got to find two wins in there somewhere. Yep. This this Utah State team needs to be bowl eligible with Jordan Love back there. Really tough, really tough loss for Utah State. Fantastic win for Kalani Satake. The wheel headed back to Provo after three years and two and two big losses. Finally, BYU taking the wheel back. What do you do when they when they come and get them? You, you go get it back. You go take it back, and that's what BYU, <laughs> that's what BYU has done. All right, that does it for your Cougar Post Game Show. Congratulations to BYU. Remember, you can catch up with Scotty, Lloyd, and myself tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm sleeping in. Let's see. I'll be home just after 3.30. So it's going to be a long night. But you know what, Scotty? We're committed to this. You're not sleeping in, right? I mean, come on. Morning after podcast? We have to do it. We have to do we it. We have to do it. It's been so the peop- successful. The people want it. The people want the podcast. All 10 of you want it. We'll give it to you. Bro. We had 24. I know, right? It was a record. We had 24 downloads. And, it, and so we're going to stay committed. That was three more than the week before. <laughs> and if we can get to 27. That's growth right there. That's growth. So we'll see you right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Monday at 6 a.m. Outside of that, catch us on the morning after podcast tomorrow morning. Big thanks to Jake Hatch back in the studio. Big thanks to Austin Horton for grabbing the sound. Facer. Facer. Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> can, can you not say that's awkward? It's way awkward. It makes it worse. You said, I didn't know Austin Facer was here, and he's literally across <laughs> the table from you. This is way worse than when I called Alex. <laughs> no, it is not. Tony or whatever I called Kyle, him. You Kyle, you Kyle. I can't even see. I can't even remember the fake name I, I get used for him. It is not, man. I know. It, you look at Austin and Horton and Austin Facer look a lot alike. And they've got the first same name, the same first name. I didn't know Austin. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. It's getting too goofy. (laughs) Big thanks to Austin Facer for grabbing the Kalani Sataki sound. We'll see you Monday morning.